0: Well, if I haven't met you before, my name is Ryan, and I'm one of the pastors in the CTK Network. My family lives in Ferndale, so uh, we've been a part of this church in various stages, and we've attended here a bunch, and it's a pleasure to be with you guys. The floods have mostly escaped us, but the traffic has not. (laughs) Seen you guys as well. Well, it's been a few years since I've told this story. I love Pastor Rich. I hold him... He's, he's, he's all right. He's all right. Um, like, you know, like 7 out of 10 at least. Some would rate him higher. But uh, it's been a few years since I've told you one of my favorite stories with, with Rich. And um, so if you've already heard this before, I half apologize. And I'm sure I will tell it again in, in a future sermon. So uh, Rich and I actually became pastors in the same elder meeting we were both approved we went before the elder board had our interview and and we used to carry around a pastoral on-call phone where if there was pastoral emergency you can call this phone and and reach one of us and pastor rich who's who's just amazing and i decided to test that <laughs> and so i pranked pastor rich on his first rotation with the phone so I waited for a Friday evening around dinner time and I whipped up some tears. So I started crying, and then I called, I called the phone. And I said, Are you a pastor? And he says, Yeah, I'm a pastor. How can I help you? I said, Well, I'm at the vet and I'm Sparky down. And I just need to know that Sparky's gonna be in heaven. That's right, isn't it, Pastor? And he hemmed and he hawed a little bit, and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, he tried to talk about me and about Jesus, and I was having none of it. And I just wanted to make it about the issue. And so, no, just, just tell me that Sparky's going to be in heaven, Pastor. And then I started to get a little ornery with him. And then I asked if he will come down to the vet and baptize Sparky with me before, <laughs> before we put him down together. And I let Rich squirm just a little bit more before I said, I'm just kidding, this is Ryan. <laughs> and to Rich's credit, he's a better man than I am. He didn't say, he didn't call me any names, he didn't say anything that uh, that he would uh, regret. And, and being the man of grace and forgiveness that he is, he's even invited me here to speak a handful of times. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything that I want to talk about this morning, but... Uh, just an orientation to my offbeat sense of humor and low character. (laughs) And I think it's a good idea to start with prayer. So would you please pray with me as we transition into into this? Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Just thanks. God, I thank you for the opportunity that Rich has right now. Lord, and I I I would bet he's probably thinking about us and praying for us. Lord, and we want to return the favor. Lord, would you bless him? Would you help him to be fully into this unique experience with his daughter? Lord, and I um, I have found it hard to be with you this week, and it's not out of a lack of effort or time spent with you. I've just found myself scattered and dispersed, and it's just been hard to be present so, Lord, I know that you are here, but God, would you help us to be here? Would you just help us to hear you? Lord, we give you our loaves, we give you our fishes, and we trust that you will do something special with it. We pray this in your good and gifted name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, church. Well, we are starting a brand new sermon series called With, where we are exploring what does it mean for God to really be with us? What does that mean? What does Emmanuel really, really mean? What does it mean for us to be with him? And what does it mean for us to be with each other? I'm going to start with uh, kind of a big point that I'd like for you to consider. The primary promise in scripture, this is what John Ortberg says, and I agree with it. John Ortberg says, the central promise in the Bible is not, I will forgive you. Although that promise is there. And it is not the promise of eternal life or life after death. Although we're offered that as well. The most frequent promise in the Bible is, I will be with you. It is repeated throughout the scriptures. I will be with you. And it's often paired with, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, I will be with you. Why would God have to say that so often? I will be with you. Do not be afraid, I will be with you. And I think it's obvious, but we doubt it all the time and we don't feel it I felt this most acutely when I was uh, in early college my roommates and I had uh, a reunion now we call it a friendsgiving we didn't know what to call it then so uh, we invited uh, our best high school friends over for they they were home from college and we invited our current college friends so there was a a really unique mix in our home and we were kind of nervous because so many people there didn't know each other I like to cook, and so I spent a good part of the day doing what I can to serve a delicious meal, and And I can still picture it. I can picture standing in the kitchen, looking at all of my friends, and they got along so well. It just flowed. It was perfect. And I could still see my folded-up ping-pong table in the back that I really wanted to use as our dinner table, but just that just didn't work. And I remember looking at all of my friends, feeling such love and affection for them, and then also simultaneously being aware that there is still a deep emptiness and a dissatisfaction that even led to despair. This group of people is supposed to be what fixes this, and it's not. Have you ever been surrounded by everything you would ever want and still felt e- emptiness and loneliness inside I bet you have this emptiness is highlighted in scripture several times and one of my favorite stories foundational story is in Genesis God created the heavens and the earth right he created the, the skies He says it's good the seas that's good the land, that's good. The, sea, the, the ocean, the fish, the birds, everything. The plants. God says, it's good. It's good. It's good. Then he creates Adam. He says, this is very good. Then he gives Adam a job. He says, Adam, actually I need you to take care of this place for me. I have a job for you. I need you to create order here. And I need you to tend this creation. I need you to name everything. And then Adam gets to work. And then God says this. It is not good that the man is alone. It is not good that the man is alone. It's the first time God says that this isn't good. So he goes up to Adam and he says, Okay, Adam, while you're doing this, I need you to pay attention and see if you can find a helper fit for you. And that's kind of silly, but that's what he said. He's highlighting... Something that's missing here an emptiness and so God, so adam is at work. He's tending creation He's naming all the animals and then he says god there isn't anything here that that speaks to me So god puts him in a deep sleep Takes a rib and creates eve Right he's highlighting something that's that's missing and then adam wakes up and he says This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, which is Bible speak for there's a naked woman in my bed. Right? Like this is, oh, this is good. I choose, I choose you. I want you. And that is kind of the culmination of creation. And God highlighted something that was missing. It's also interesting that after the fall, after Adam and Eve sinned, God approached them and he didn't shame them He didn't immediately lay out the consequences of what's going to happen He simply said Where are you? Where did you go? It's like God was saying there used to be this connection here Adam and Eve And now it's gone And it's gone forever That question, where are you? Still rings in our hearts and our souls. I still feel that. Now, I'm fully aware that it's Christmas season and that uh, it's it's December. And and we are going to get into the the Christmas story. But I want to highlight that something is missing. Matthew chapter 1 is the story of is a, is, a, is a telling of the story of of christmas and matthew chapter one starts with a genealogy it's kind of a weird way to start with with it but it starts with 56 names and i'm not going to read it don't worry but it starts with 56 names and the reader is keenly aware of how god was with every single name every single story In this list of 56 names How he was with abraham How abraham left his home. God says come with me and I will be with you We are going to a land that I will show you as we go That he was with joseph And he caused joseph to prosper Everything joseph touched did well and then Things weren't going so well with joseph was in prison, falsely accused of sexual abuse. And the Bible even says, even in that space, even in prison, God was with Joseph. He was with him. God was with jo- Joshua as they entered into the promised land. Right? And he told Joshua, Do not be afraid, for I'm with you. I am with you in the way that I was with Moses. I'm with you. We're gonna go do this together He was with David King David and he blessed the work of his hands So much so that the prophet Nathan went up to David and they were surely friends God had spoken to Nathan and said hey that thing that's on your heart David God says do it God says do it he is with you Go for it take courage He's with you. So Matthew starts building this story with this genealogy. Look at this story of God. How it is in the micro. He is in every name, but also look at the macro. Stand back and look at God working through history. And then Matthew 1, starting at verse 18, this is what Matthew says. This is the birth. Of Jesus the Messiah, the Chosen One, or the Christ. This is the birth of Jesus the Messiah and how it came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were engaged. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. That's incredible. We're not really going to get into that so much, but Mary's response to God And his invitation to be with her is truly astounding. Verse 19, because Joseph, her husband or fiancé, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And I like to imagine that, that this couple is engaged and all of a sudden Mary starts to show Right? This girl, Mary, man, I really liked her. She seemed to really want to follow God. And I've seen obedience with her. And now, like, I know what happened. And now she's telling me this crazy story. That it's God's? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm Joseph, I'm sad. I'm primarily sad. Of course I'm angry, but I think I'm also relieved. I'm so glad that before she and I built a life together, that her character showed, and it's not good. It's not good. So Joseph being the righteous man that he was, he had the right to have her killed at that moment. She broke the law. This is something that he could take to the authorities and and have her life ended. But Joseph, being the good man that he was, just decided, you know what, Mary, let's just do a clean break right here, and then you you can go on your way. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, can you imagine being addressed by your whole name and your Right? I, I was working grocery a while ago, and my, I'm closing up the, the store, and my brain is elsewhere. And I'm just scrubbing dishes, and then I hear this mom yell, Ryan, And she got the two syllables down, like, this was not the first time that she had said that, right? And my knees buckled, like, I, and I knew, my body knew I was in trouble. And I turned around, and I had never seen this woman before. She was just chasing her toddler, Right? But she addressed me in the way that I've been addressed too many times in my life. And my knees buckled. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, what did I do? Right? That was my response. Joseph, son of David. Right? uh. You have my attention. And you know me. And you know where I'm from. He's addressing him by name. Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid. To take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She she sounds crazy. This sounds crazy, but it's not crazy. She's telling you the truth. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus. Because he will save his people From their sins I think about that dream All the time What he went from Divorce discreetly To a good night's sleep Probably not a good night's sleep This would be a little intimidating To Nope we're moving forward as planned And it's important to know What Joseph is saying yes to in this moment He's saying yes to shame to disgrace to illegitimacy he is saying yes to a hard life but this was God's invitation to Joseph Joseph son of David continue on all this took place to fulfill what was from the Lord said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son they will call him Emmanuel and if I it's hard to ask pastors what's your favorite name of God or what's your favorite verse we're gonna say different things on different days it's this is important to us but I think about Emmanuel all the time he's with us he is with you this prophecy was given 700 years 700 years It came to be And when joseph woke up He did what the angel of the lord had commanded him and he took mary home to be his wife But he did not consummate their marriage until they gave birth to a son And he gave them the name jesus God was with mary and joseph in their obedience he was with his people the genealogy he's promised us to be with us and in that day it's important to note just exactly the conditions that Jesus was entering into it was not a good time it was a dark time there was political upheaval it was a time of darkness of poverty there was soon infanticide there was murder And then because of another dream later on that we're not going to go through this morning, they immediately picked up everything they had and then they relocated to Egypt. God was with them in the obedience. This is an incredible story, right? This is oftentimes when we watch movies or when we enter into uh, story. We do something that's called suspended disbelief, right? Where if we're watching a Marvel movie, we all know that this is pretend and this is entertainment. We don't have to do that with the Bible. We don't have to. We can enter into and experience the chaos, the darkness, which just seems to accentuate the light that God brought into this world through Jesus. This is an incredible story. God came to be with you, church. and He came to be with me. But I want to share something. He came to be with you, but he also invites you to be with him. As Jesus grew up, throughout the Gospels, Jesus invites people to follow him. And it took obedience. And one of my favorite, most challenging stories that I read is he goes to these fishermen, these people that would be chosen for nothing. He says, you guys, come follow me. The Bible says they drop their nets at once to follow him. That is incredible. He invites you to be with him. Let me tell you what that means Going back to the garden of eden When god asks the question where are you just so you guys know whenever god asks a question He's not really asking the question Right Boy, where did they go? And I just I just had them right. It's not like your phone or your keys or glasses He didn't like man. They were just here Right He's asking them a question where are you where are you this is a question for us to ask where are you are you distracted are you scattered are you anxious and afraid I got to say I am this is really hard Life is really hard through this. Can I also say that as followers of Jesus, I've seen error, I've seen more error in us dismissing and ignoring the fear and anxiety instead of us admitting it. When I get myself into the most trouble, it's when I've lost track of my fear. And fear gets behind me. And it starts getting in charge. When I know what the fears are, when I can get it in front of me, now we can start to move forward. Right? When I I can name it, now I can, in reality, invite Jesus into it. Whenever I write a sermon, there's there's a moment where I ask, okay, what is it that you are afraid to tell them? What is it you don't want to tell them? And this is that part. This is what I don't want to tell you. Several years ago, I'm sitting on my Jesus cushion where I'm reading my Bible, and as is my practice, I have just a few moments of stillness before kids run downstairs, and Lord, it's going to be a little while till you have my attention. And so I say, Lord, if you have anything to say, speak. And sometimes I'm a little more cynical and say, you have about 120 seconds. And one morning, I hear this. Come to me, all of you, who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, gentle in heart, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's one of the most beautiful invitations in Scripture. And so I'm sitting there, and I think, Lord you are so good, you are so kind, thank you so much, yes, I say yes to you, Lord, and then I go about my day. Fast forward 24 hours, Lord, if you have anything to say to me, I'm listening, same verse comes to mind, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Oh, yes, you are good, Lord, thank you so much. Fast forward 24 hours, come to me, all of you, and now I'm starting to get a little worried. Lord, is there something here that I don't know, and I don't hear anything? Weeks go by. Come to me, all of you, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is inviting me. And after much struggle with him, pursuit, let me give you an alternate reading. Instead of come to me, all of you, it's come to me, all of you. All of you. All of you, Ryan. Ryan, the parts of you that you know about, the parts of you that you present, that you work hard at, Ryan, all of you that you hide. Or that you dismiss all of you ryan that you ignore or bury come to me all of you and i have to tell you church jesus's invitation is beautiful and it is very active this is not a passive invitation he came to us but we have to come there is real effort, and it's hard. And I see, I see Jacob in his wrestling match with God, coming to God. You think Jacob wanted to wrestle with God? I do not think he did. I don't think Jacob was going, man, you know what I need to do? I need to punch him in the mouth. I don't think he's thinking that. I, th- I think he's thinking, I don't want to project I doubt he wanted to wrestle with God. But that's what it's going to take. For you to actually be with him, just like in any other relationship, it's going to take effort. It's going to take conflict, even. What is it that you're upset with him about? Do you not think he knows? Do you think it's going to be like, I had no idea you were holding these resentments. <laughs> nope. You have to say them to him, though. Come to me, all of you, who are weary and burdened. And now listen to the promise. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke, like for oxen. Take, Receive the burden, the right burden, the light and easy yoke that he gives you. And learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls that is my prayer for you this Christmas season church for my yoke is easy and my burden is light the invitation to know Jesus is the invitation to wholeness all of you and he will not settle I almost want to warn you of that. There's no just like buddy Jesus. He wants to be your Lord. And he will not settle. Christmas is not about go on pursuit. He is pursuing withness with you. And he will not back down. He will be respectful, but he will not back down. So we're actually going to practice that right now. This is a practice that I find helpful for me to just be with him. So if you can, go ahead and shift your posture. And if you're watching online, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. Just shift your posture. And what I find helps me is to put both feet on the floor. Plant them if you can. And you can either put your palms face up. One thing I like to do is put a hand on my chest just to signify presence and calm. We are just going to breathe and be. I'm going to pray to start. It's going to be a moment of stillness, and then I'll pray to close. Just breathe. Jesus, I just want to say that I am here. Help me be fully here. Christmas is and what it means and the risk you took and the mess you entered into Lord would that speak to us as your people God my prayer for us is that more of us come to you God that you speak to and then you call out the places of us that maybe that we've ignored, maybe that we've buried. God, that even that, that we don't deny it, we acknowledge it, we bring it into your light. God, I thank you for your pursuit, and I thank you for your invitation. Lord, would you help more of me to say yes to you? We pray all of this in Jesus' name.